0: Hey everybody, it's Kenya and this is the Thank You for Saying No podcast where we find meaning in life's unexpected turns. Demi Mundo, welcome to the
1: Thank You for Saying No podcast. Wow, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I <laughs> felt so real.
0: This is real. This is happening. <laughs> this is iconic. So for the listeners at home, Demi is actually one of my best friends. Aww. And so I thought I would share how we met because it's a fun little story and I actually met you in, like, a no moment that I was going through, like, in my life. It was when I had just broken up with my boyfriend at the time. I had moved back to L.A. I, like, was working – let's not name the place where we met. Yeah. But we'll, we'll call it the law firm. Fake, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was just a really tough time in my life. And I remember, like, every single day just crying behind my desk working at this law firm. And it was very brutal. But one good thing that did come of it was meeting a lifelong friend, which is you. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> And I just want you all to know that, like, you couldn't even tell that Kenya was going through it the way that she was because she is constantly radiant and was laughing. And I just remember her being the girl in that cubicle that was just laughing. Oh, yeah. She she was just (laughs) laughing, whether it was nervous laughter or valid laughter. She just kept laughing through it all. That's true. And I was like, this girl seems silly. I need to let's connect.
0: I think what really (sighs) did it for me with you was Drake had just come out with Nice for What? And I remember thinking, like, this song was, like, about me. Like, he wrote it about me. Yeah. Like, 100% dead serious. <laughs> and then I told you that. I was like, yeah, Drake just wrote this new song about me. You're like, no, wait. He wrote she it about me. me.
1: <laughs> yes. And in that moment, we knew how much Aubrey Graham meant to both of us. Yeah. It was, and it was solidified. The rest is history. <laughs> so
0: I'm really excited that you're here. You have just really grown over the last – since I've known you. So let's say I met you in 20. 20-
1: 2018, 2018, 2018,
0: yeah, and you've really just grown so much and it's been really beautiful to watch your success unfold Ugh. and so I'm really excited that you're here today. So for those who don't know Demi, she is an actress and a curve model who is all about body positivity and really making her mark in the industry and so Demi <laughs> to today, I want to talk about the pivotal nose in your acting and modeling journey and how that laid the foundation for where you are today, and also the lessons you've learned and the strengths that you've found through it all.
1: <sighs> Sounds beautiful. I'm excited. <laughs> a little nervous, but excited. No,
0: it's going to be great.
1: So let's start
0: at the beginning when you were a kid, right? Because you got into acting as a child, right?
1: Yeah. I've been in the industry since I was literally three years old. So. Yeah. I'm a 90s baby, I was born in 93, and that's important because I was quite literally scouted in a mall. I was born in in Las Vegas, scouted in a mall at the age of three years old, and my mom like knew something was different about me because I was dancing on the table, putting on a (laughs) whole performance to The Little Mermaid, as I still do. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm putting on a performance, dancing on the table, and my mom was like... This girl's different. My dad's like, yeah, she's just your daughter. And then I was scouted <laughs> I was scouted in the mall, like uh-huh. very classic 90s. And they were like, she needs to go to this acting school. She's gorgeous. And my mom was like, well, she does seem like she has a lot of fun, like just putting on little performances for us. So let's try it out. And my dad's like, if she hates it... It's over. Yeah. And so I went to the school and I had the time of my life. Like I remember some of my core memories Mm. being in the studio, working on commercials, working on the runway, and just having a really beautiful time. And I think as a child, I was going through a lot of very difficult things and there were a lot of hardships happening in my family. So like going to my acting school was one of the slices of heaven that I had as a little kid. Yeah. And so- I ended up getting signed with a top agency within the three years of me, like, working and just really pushing. Because at first, my my teacher just wanted me to be in school and focus on school and, like... Well, where
0: are you? Are you in in Las Vegas still? I'm in Las Vegas. And is the school in LA? The school's in
1: Las Vegas.
0: The school's in Las Vegas.
1: But I start getting called for auditions within Mm -hmm. a year of me going to the school. Oh, wow. And my parents are sacrificing to take me from Las Vegas Mm -hmm. to Hollywood to audition because this was all in person in the 90s (laughs) within the same day for my dad to go back to work and bartend that night. Wow. And so I ended up getting signed with LA Talent, which was an incredible agency. They really started my career. I started getting huge auditions and I ended up getting one (laughs) for a film with Natalie Portman Mm -hmm. and I got like, I had three callbacks and for an actor, a callback is a really big deal. Basically, you're on... It's your next step before booking the job. And there was one movie with Natalie Portman that my parents sat down with the producers and they were like, we want you to know that somebody's going to have to move out here with her. She's going to have to be on the set for X amount of time. Like, this is going to be life changing for her. Mm-hmm. And we need you to be prepared for that because we know that you're commuting from Las Vegas. Yeah. And that was my first really pivotal no. Mm-hmm. Because my dad sat down with my mom and said, I, I adore her. I want all of her dreams to come true in this lifetime. But... I need her to do it on her own as an adult. Mm. She needs to live her own childhood and she needs to experience the things that we experienced. And I remember that being so hard for my mom because she knew how much I loved it and and how incredible and life-changing this would be for my whole family. Mm -hmm. But we just couldn't do that at the time. Yeah. And so my dad made my first no.
0: Yeah. And how has that changed or like shaped you as an actress today?
1: It changed, so it changed the entire trajectory of my life, first right. of all. But I think that it, a dream was planted in me from a young age. Like, I am so thankful that my parents were supportive to let me have my first experience of going to acting school and being able to, like, be on set and do those things. But... It, it really set that drive in me to pursue this dream that I've always had. So then from Las Vegas, we moved to San Diego mm-hmm. and in San Diego is when I got exposed to theater and mm-hmm. I started doing theater in middle school and theater in high school. And that really shaped a lot of who I was. Like I was a big nerd and I was very academic But I loved the arts. I loved performing. And I knew I'd watch Disney Channel. Oh, I'd watch Camp Rock and High School Musical. And I was like, I want to be on there. I want to be on there. (laughs) And I'd get so frustrated, but it kept me going. Mm -hmm. And I think that that really was like one of the first things that I was like, you know, I am thankful that my dad said no. But what really happened for me as an actor is it gave me... (sighs) It gave me the humanity that I think I have today. My family struggled mm-hmm. tremendously. I grew up very low income in a very diverse um, cultural environment, like predominantly yeah. Latino. I am Cuban and Italian. I am Latina. I'm very proudly Cuban and Lat- uh, in, in Italian. But like being Latina is a part of my identity. And I grew up in the hood mm-hmm. <laughs> in San Diego. And I think that being able to experience those financial struggles, the things that I've seen as a young girl uh, from crime to I don't know, just like the sacrifices that my parents made yeah, give me a richness now that I have as an adult for my acting that like, I know I wouldn't have been able to bring at that young age. Yeah.
0: Like you're able to tap into your struggles and bring that to your art.
1: Yeah. Because a part of what I want to do as an artist mm-hmm. is, and, and I think I'm doing it pretty successfully now to a degree with my modeling, but like is to continue to just represent. Mm-hmm. Like my dream was to always represent the little girl that had this dream. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I think it was hard too, because when I was little, I had, you know, I I had this certain look, but then as I started to grow older and get hit, puberty hit and my body started to change and I started to change into the person I was going to be the rest of my life, mm-hmm. this girl with curves and curly hair mm-hmm. that never actually fit the standard. That wasn't the standard.
0: Yeah. And I actually want to talk about no. how you've Change the beauty standard from such a young age. I want to talk about you know, the beauty pageants that you were in, which I love that you did that <laughs> because I remember when I first found out that you were that you won beauty pageants too. I was like, oh my god, you like you live this whole life that I had no idea about. <laughs> but one of the things yeah. I admire so much about you is that really from such a young age, you've you've been changing the beauty standard in the industry and taking up space and like right like loudly taking up space. And I think in a really in a really graceful way, in a very kind way. And so I want to talk about that. You guys, Demi is so cool. She's oh. literally, she was literally <laughs> Miss Teen Oceanside, yep. right? You, then you were Miss San Diego, Woman of Achievement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you were Miss California, Woman of Achievement, where you won Runner Up and Miss Congeniality. And so I want to talk about the no's and the obstacles you faced in the beauty pageants. So actually, funny
1: enough, it started, okay, I always wanted to do beauty pageants when I found out they were a thing Mm -hmm. when I was five years old, because I was (laughs) still, because those industries at the time were very mixed up, like modeling, acting, beauty pageants, like child pageants were a big thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to do it all. I just want to, I want to be dressed up and have fun and play around and be a princess. Like that's just who I am. And so it is. <laughs> and so I, I just wanted to do it so bad, but my mom knew that, that that industry was really tough at that time. And she was just like, no, that's not something we're going to do. So actually at the same time, my dad was telling me, no, she's not going to pursue acting. My mom was telling me, no, you're not going to do pageants. Mm. And for so long I wanted to do them. I would see other girls do them, but My first opportunity was in high school at the age of 16. I heard about the Miss Teen Oceanside Pageant. And funny enough, it was actually the first year they opened up the teen division. Mm -hmm. They only ever had a Miss division. Okay. And so it was for adults to enter. And I was like, okay, maybe I can present it. You know, growing up in a very, (laughs) like, strict, protective Latino Italian home, my family was like, you're not doing that. You're not going to sleepovers. You're not going to do this. Yeah. They were just protecting me and they didn't want me to get hurt from the out you know, yeah. the outside world, the rest so of the harsh. world. Yeah. And so I at that time was developed into the body that I had. And I just I I think part of what made me so fearless though is while my family was so protective, they were so fiercely loving. Mm. And I have to give a shout-out to my mom and my dad because no matter how my body has changed, no matter how my hair has changed or how my hair has looked or how different I felt they've always told me how beautiful I am. Mm. And the people that told me that I was ugly or pushed me out or rejected me were from outside of my family. And I think having that support system at home telling me that I I can do anything in this lifetime and I am beautiful just the way that I am, no matter how my body fluctuates, regardless of doctors telling me that I am an obese child (laughs) or or like kids bullying me at school and putting stuff in my hair. Like, I think the core of it, my family telling me that I am who I am and that I am beautiful, that gave me the power to step on to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. So when I had a break mm-hmm. to be like, it's for a scholarship. I can do it. I know that I can't. Please just let me. My mom said, Mija, you can, I'm going to let you do this, but you know how beauty pageants are. Yeah. They're not for women like us. And she's she supported me anyway. She said, I'm gonna, we're gonna do this, we're gonna, we're gonna yeah. try to figure it out. I remember my parents scrounging money to get me a dress from Nordstrom Rack and mm-hmm. like figuring it out. Yeah. And I did it and I won my first title. And I remember that was such an a magical moment. Mm-hmm. And because I was like, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. And then from there I just got there's an itch in the pageant industry. You're like, I wanna, I just want okay. The next title. What's the next yeah. title? What was
0: your experience? in the pageant space like was what your mom was trying to protect you from is that how you experienced it
1: so it was tough yeah and I don't know if I want to put a trigger warning here but competing in pageants while they were so beautiful and I and I was so fiercely myself I I remember that was really the Mm -hmm. first catalyst for me to for me to experience like disordered eating Mm -hmm. and like trying to fit myself into the molds, no matter how confident I felt. And like I I've always known that I've been like I am who I am. I'm beautiful no matter what's going on. But like Thank you. (laughs) And you are too (laughs) but it's like I I genuinely remember subconsciously doing these things. And I started to run. And I like was literally just running and trying to change my body to fit what I thought was better for the pageant industry. Mm. And it's so hard and sad for me to think about that version of myself because yeah. I'm so confident and proud of who I am now, mm-hmm. and and feel like I could win a title now just as oh, 100%. I am. <laughs> but like I sometimes wish I can give that girl a hug. Yeah, because as confident as I was and as proud of m- all of me that I am, I was was changing myself.
0: Yeah, and so what made you not like kind of stop and just be like, oh no, this isn't the space for me? Like, what made you want to keep pushing and be there and be proud and be like your vibrant self.
1: It was actually in college, so I ended up winning the Miss Congeniality and the runner-up title in college, mm-hmm. and it was like my—I want to say it was my third year of college—and I remember I had so many people commenting on my dedication of going to the gym and how much I've changed mm-hmm. <laughs> in that in in just a few months. There was a period of a few months, and I was my roommates actually approached me, and they're two of my best friends still to this day, but they were like, "Hey." <laughs> Your eating is kind of concerning us. And I remember I did that pageant and I was like, I, I I don't want to do this this way anymore. Yeah. I don't want to do this this way. And I ended up stepping away from the pageant industry. Mm-hmm. And while I didn't step back, it was basically to refocus. And I think in that moment, I had to tell myself no, because I did want to continue on. I did want to win the, the Miss California state title. Mm-hmm. But I knew that it wasn't a healthy space for me and I needed to step away.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the beauty industry and the standards that are out there are very, I think a lot of like women experience how taxing they can be and like unrealistic and taking care of our mental health and like kind of re-changing how what we think is beauty and finding that within ourselves is really, really important.
1: Absolutely. And I think that like... It was just a really coming of age time for me because it was my early 20s my frontal yeah. cortex wasn't developed yet so that's a <laughs> whole other issue but like it was just a really treacherous time and I was trying to find myself in a space like in the pageant industry but also at the school that I was going to the diversity just wasn't very present and I actually like what, as a latina was one, one of the minorities and I just was trying to specifically in that moment grapple at like, finding a space and finding Mm -hmm. myself. And I think that, like, from childhood up until that moment, I really felt like I knew who I was. But in that moment, I, like, it was a a restart. Yeah. I was like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Yeah. Why am I changing myself to have boys like me be smaller to win these pageants? Like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I think from there, it really helped me change my perception of my own beauty and and my relationship specifically with food and fitness. Yeah.
0: And I want to talk about your kind of route to L.A. and the importance of being in, in L.A. for you. And I know this was a journey in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about some of the no's along you getting to L.A. Um, but you did you feel like L.A. was like where you kind of needed to be for your acting yes. career? Yes.
1: Always dreamt of being in LA. I mean, yeah. I remember coming and driving through the tunnels and going through downtown and, <laughs> and driving through Hollywood. with yeah. My parents, I knew this is where I, was, I always wanted to be. I didn't know how I was going to get there though, and yeah. I at first tried to apply to schools out here. I tried to apply to UCLA. I tried mm-hmm. to apply to schools that had really good film programs, Chapman, anything that was closer to yeah. LA. And I got denied from them. Yeah, but I got accepted to UCSD, which was an incredible school, mm-hmm. and actually has one of the, like the top theater programs in the nation but it's just not as well known it was just home
0: yeah so did you still do acting in San Diego
1: yes so in San Diego I did theater but it wasn't film or television or commercial or anything that I really wanted to be doing Mm -hmm. And during that time. So, okay. Stop the pageants. I ended up focusing on my senior year of college. I focused on my health Mm -hmm. and trying to come back from my disordered eating Mm -hmm. and just kind of set myself up. What's going to, what's going to happen after graduation. Yeah. And at that time, my family was going through so much. My, (laughs) we had like five people more than usual living in our house. My mm-hmm. abuelita, my tia, like it was a whole, whole family <laughs> affair. And while it was a beautiful and special time, it was also very difficult. Yeah. And I knew my mom needed me to come home. And so instead of trying to figure out how I was going to come to LA... I needed to figure out how I was going to help my family. I needed yeah. to figure out how I was going to financially support them because things were we were really struggling, and so I ended up getting I I ended up getting a job as an emergency, and it was at Jamba Juice. Fun fact: I worked at Jamba Juice for many years. Oh my god, I had no idea. <laughs> but that was like a very quick solution, and I worked there, and I appreciated Jamba Juice for that time. But I needed to hustle. I needed to make more money, mm-hmm. and so I started working at the law firm
0: mm, in and, San Diego. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
1: when I started in San Diego, I Told them from the moment I interviewed, I said I'm meant to be in LA. I'm going to LA. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I appreciate this opportunity, but I'm going to be moving to LA as soon as I possibly can. Yeah. And within a year of me being in San Diego at that firm, they said, "Hey, to me, we have an opportunity in LA, and we would love for you to yeah. interview." Yeah.
0: And that's where our paths crossed because oh. I met you in LA at the law firm. So. <laughs> I just, I wanna highlight how your journey getting to LA, what you had to do to get to LA, because a lot, sometimes, like we hear stories, people just, you know. Came with a dollar in their wallet or whatever and just fucking made it work. But I think it's really profound that you, even though it took you a little bit longer, you had to be more secure financially. You had to like finish school and support your family and just recognize that the things you had to do, but the fact that you still made it here, I think is just really, you know, I want to acknowledge that. Thank
1: you. Like, no, truly, it was was a a journey. And once I finally made it to LA, I was like, oh, I can breathe. But little did I know the next chapter was starting. (laughs)
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. And so when you started – Acting in L.A., like, how – were there some no's in there? Like, there was a transition period for you, I know.
1: It was tough. Yeah. It was really tough, and I think so many actors mm-hmm. and people trying to make it in L.A. that are, are trying to do entertainment, it's the balance of survival – versus pursuing your dreams Mm -hmm. and it's so so real and on top of that I had the external pressure of helping my family and and making sure that they were set up yeah um and so for me I worked at the law firm right I got here I was so excited I was like it's go time I started acting classes (laughs) I got this agent that I thought was gonna be incredible yeah Oh, my. <laughs> and little did I know. So, basically, I, working at the firm, I was working 80 hours. I know. It was insane. No, you know. You know. It was, you yeah. know we, I basically slept A there. As legal assistants. <laughs> like, we're not even, like, we didn't, we're just, no, yeah. I'm not getting paid enough to do that. <laughs> but we were busting our butts to yeah. make it, to, to just... Just make the survival happen. Mm -hmm. And so I was working 80 hours a week. I was absolutely exhausted. And I remember I was like drinking a venti cold brew. Yeah. And this is where I actually started going to the gym very regularly because I was like, I need to do one thing in the day to to keep my mental health. Yeah. Because it wasn't about, at this point, my fitness was not about changing my body. It was not even about like my strength or anything like that. It was about my mental health Mm -hmm. and my survival. So I started going to the gym at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. It was the only time I had. And so I went to the gym, would go to work, and honestly didn't have any time to submit for auditions, didn't have any time to look for a better agent, yeah. didn't have any time for anything. Mm-hmm. And so it was really discouraging. And I was just like, what am I doing? So in that moment, it took a full year of me being in LA, busting my butt at the firm to be like, I need to change. I need to figure something else out. Yeah. And so then I ended up working at that tech company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because that gave you more flexibility for auditions and Mm -hmm. stuff, right? So it was far more relaxed, and I was like, okay, I need to figure this out and really take this seriously. But I think in this time, between working at the firm and working at the tech company, I was, like, still trying to figure myself out. And I was taking acting classes, and I had gone to a new agency at this time. So basically, when I left the firm, I left my agent that I was with and went to another and I thought this agency was really gonna change the thing the game for me because mm-hmm. this agency was coming from somebody I really trusted. this agency was coming from someone that felt like family and home and i I really believed that this was gonna be a big time for me, yeah. And at that time, I started working at the tech company. was focusing on my acting classes. was like I'm gonna do I'm gonna do this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I only I would ended up only getting like one audition a year with them. And I and I thought that was normal. I was like, oh, maybe your agents just don't get you that many auditions. Yeah, but no, 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 no. And I think it was like a really ignorant time for me. Like I just didn't know, yeah. and I didn't. I wasn't surrounding myself with people who were in my industry, so I didn't know what the standard was. Yeah, and I think that. You know, I could look back on it and be like, oh, I just want to shake my younger self and be like, to me, like you could have done so many things differently. But I think during that time, I was just hustling and trying to ha- make peace with myself, make mm-hmm. peace with with the fact that I finally made it here. The burnout, the the being exhausted, in order for me to actually like recenter and refocus. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> so what? And was this the agency that was e, like? E, this isn't. Yeah. So. Let's get into the pandemic. Let's get into the pandemic.
1: <laughs> the pandemic was a very pivotal time for me. Yeah. So, working at the tech company, I started with them in 2018. No, 20 Yeah, 2018. So, <laughs> you and I just connected at the firm and then I ended up going to the tech company. 2018 was having a blast. Hee hee ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> and just basically floating yeah. 2019 I really started to progress at this tech company and was barely having any auditions was trying to self-submit did uh my first student film was feeling on top of the world was so excited 2020 mm-hmm. pandemic hit mm-hmm. so the pandemic hit and I remember being locked in my house alone for six months my roommate was gone I was completely alone yeah I was going stir crazy. I was like, what am I doing? What's going on? I was reassessing everything in my life. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Something's going to give. I just know it. I know something's going to give. So end of 2020, I was like, okay, I'm going to start submitting for things myself. I'm going to really push myself out there and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And by the middle of 2021, I had a really pivotal audition. Yeah. And it was for a brand that I'm not going to (laughs) name, but it was for a brand that I would love to work with one day. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And casting came back to me and they rarely do this. Casting, you you submit an audition and you never hear anything. But casting actually came back to me and said, hey, this brand doesn't want to work with you, but we have another brand that we know would love you and we'd love to submit your stuff for them. So wait, is this
0: your agent that was like not great or is this a new agent that you're with now when this is happening?
1: It's my agent that's not great. Okay. So I'm so I'm in the pandemic with my not-so-great agent. Okay. And I'm self-submitting because, because I'm not getting yeah. any auditions. Okay, okay. Things are treacherous. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. I feel like things are starting to open up. It's 2021. Mm-hmm. The industry is moving a little bit. I want to be a part of things. Yeah. So many people had left. Like, I can get an opportunity. Let me do
0: this. Did you ever find out, like, why you weren't getting so many auditions and
1: stuff? I think the next part of this. Okay. (laughs) So basically I, I submitted for this audition for this brand that I was like, Oh, I want to work for them. Mm -hmm. Castings like, no, no, no. We have another brand. I ended up working with that brand and Mm -hmm. it was my first opportunity curve modeling. Yeah. And it was such a, I can remember it as clear as day. It was so beautiful and I felt so appreciated. And And you got this yourself. Got this myself. Yeah. And, I just felt so appreciated, and that started a relationship with that brand mm-hmm. um, that was going to change the trajectory of my life for the next few years. Yeah. But with that being said, booking that job gave me the confidence to be like, what's going on? Yeah. Why am I not getting anything? I'm in acting classes. I'm getting good notes. I'm, I just booked a curve modeling. I could be doing something. Yeah. So I decided to call up my agent, and this is something that I... I just want to say that if your intuition is telling you to do something, mm-hmm. don't just sit back because no one
0: mm-hmm. is
1: going to advocate for you better than yourself. Yeah. And I wish that I could have told my younger self that more, but I was too afraid to speak up for myself. Yeah. And I think that that took years of confidence and building up because what's the worst thing someone's going to say? No. No. Right? (laughs) And so I decided to call them. And Mm -hmm. I said, hey, I just did this job completely on my own. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you send me out for it? Mm -hmm. I just feel so confident that I could be curve modeling at the very least. Like, Mm -hmm. if you don't believe in my talent, I believe in my talent. And I know that I can do this. Mm -hmm. And the reality hit that I – it was a reality that I felt like I knew in my bones, but I didn't want to believe it. Yeah. They said – Ah, curve modeling. Honey, you don't have the height and you really don't have the body. It's you're not you're not giving sexy curvy. Mm. You're giving fat, chubby best friend curvy. Mm. Direct quote. <laughs> oh Direct my, quote. Oh my you God. are the fat friend behind the desk. Mm. You are the chubby best friend. You're not the curvy, sexy Latina you're the chubby friendly latina friend you're, yeah. you're the ugly betty you're mm-hmm. the ugly betty archetype god bless america for her because she really paves way for me yeah. but <laughs> but being told directly that that is how they think of me yeah they don't me, like that's how they're submitting me they yeah. don't care they don't care mm-hmm. they didn't care they didn't know me as a person yeah they didn't care to represent me i remember hanging up with them bursting into tears and calling my mom Mm -hmm. and I said mom what what do I do yeah she says you fire them Mm -hmm. we let them go we walk and we're gonna figure it out yeah and I think and that's what you did right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I went I went ahead and fired them the next day sent them thank you so much gotta go (laughs) and (sighs) I think that we hear these stories and we hear uh, especially women Mm -hmm. especially especially women being put in positions of you know, being torn apart. And I've been told, you know, I've been bullied. I've been told that I'm fat. I've been told that I'm ugly. I've been told X, Y, and Z. I've Whatever. Mm -hmm. But being told by people who are supposed to be representing me and that are supposed to have my best interests at heart. Like that's your team. That's, yeah. They're supposed to be supporting you. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. But (laughs) my mom is, my momager. (laughs) She's (laughs) the boss. She's incredible and I'm so blessed to have her. But she... She was like, we're going to figure this out. And within a week, Mm -hmm. within a week, I ended up having a conversation with my current manager. Mm Mm-hmm. She's a queen. Yeah. And I remember meeting her for the first time and she said, "Your mom's a little <laughs> your mom's a little crazy." <laughs> but I saw but I saw your photo and I saw your reel and I saw your clips. Yeah. And I I want to work with you. I believe in you. Yeah. And it was the first time that I feel like in my entire life of being in this industry that I've had somebody look at me and be like, "I believe in you." Mm-hmm. I believe in your talent. I believe that we can do this. I believe in all the things that you are dreaming of. Mhm. And from there, that gave me the confidence to to be like, I can do this. I can really do this. Yeah. Um. And that that no, that direct no being told, no, we're not going to submit you for these things, turned into a huge yes, a huge blessing, a huge blessing. One of my favorite blessings. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I love that story, and I mean, not obviously like what they said, but i love <laughs> I love how that almost immediately led you to like full support, and you're still with them today, right, Yes, I'm
1: still with my manager, yeah, and within basically within six months, she wanted to because she's. No nonsense. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to make sure that I was, you know, on my game. That I was going to submit things on time. That they were going to be good quality. That I actually was going to get good feedback from casting. Yeah. Within six months, I ended up getting signed with my current agency. I'm repped with them across the board. Mm-hmm. I couldn't love my entire team more. Yeah. They've done more for me in the in the two years of me being with them that I've ever had in my entire life Ooh, than I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah, and it's been. Incredible to Mm -hmm. see when you are supported and when you are surrounded by the right people, what can happen. Yeah. When other people believe in your dreams just as much as you, Mm -hmm. it's incredible.
0: Yeah. I think if we're feeling stuck and, you know, we've been with a certain team for a certain amount of time, like, it makes you really – question and like now you have that intuition too like what is going on so if you're in a similar experience maybe you're working on a project because now your team is great but if you're working on a project or something you have that intuition to think back like I need to switch things around like who am I surrounding myself with
1: absolutely and it's it's from friends yeah to family mm-hmm. to the people you know you have to be able to advocate for yourself no matter what it is and yeah. I think that like I'm so proud of myself because I'm so much more fearless mm-hmm. and i and i'm so much more brave to face confrontation in the face and if somebody's going to tell me no or tell me something mean oh well mm-hmm. what it, what's the worst that's going to happen you know i have yeah. to just keep moving so mm-hmm. it really getting my team now has been my biggest blessing
0: yeah and to touch on advocating for yourself it, that's a hard skill to do. Like, that's why people have attorneys, you know, because like, no, really <laughs> though, like at the times <laughs> I've had to advocate for myself, whatever it is, like those conversations are not easy. And a lot of people just won't have them because they're like, oh, no, I don't want to. I just don't want to like, but even though you're worth it and y- the answer could very likely be yes. yes. And if it's no, now you have more information to make a different decision about, you know, like if you want to stay or whatever it is. But I think women especially need to learn how to be better advocates for themselves. And it's and it's really hard and I have I've been in groups and like professional organizations and stuff to help build that skill, but that is like And if you're the only one advocating for yourself when you have a whole team who's supposed to be advocating for you, it's
1: tough, man. You have to believe In yourself and your dreams enough to be fearless, to to let go and and know that no matter what happens, it's going to work out. And I think that that's in that moment, I can I knew that I could speak up for myself and that I deserve so much more in this lifetime Mm -hmm. and the immediate present and my near future, that I can just let go and whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So I yeah I I completely agree.
0: Yeah. So are re- rewinding yeah. going back a little bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> which one is it mm-hmm. so the the job or the the brand that you didn't end up working for because I decided to go a different direction yeah. but then you worked with this other brand who's been really pivotal for you let's talk about how it's been really pivotal for yes. you. yes
1: okay so <laughs> once I got signed with my manager and the content came out for that campaign I I was like, you know, let me just post, let me just post this campaign see what happens. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, up to this point had a basic <laughs> little Instagram, like just yeah. my friends, whatever cute little photos I took out and about mm-hmm. nothing serious. My, my followers, my few followers at that time lost their minds. They were like, we're so proud of you. This is incredible. <laughs> we love this content so much. Yeah, And I was not expecting that kind of support. Um, and I, I thought that I was just going to post a little cute little he, like, this is so cute. I'm so excited about this. But my followers at the time were like overwhelmingly supportive. Yeah. And then I started to get a few more followers. Mm-hmm. And then I had a brand reach out to me and I was like, okay, to like is, work with you. Yeah, to work yeah. with me. And I was like, Am I becoming an influencer? Because <laughs> I think that I am. Yeah, mind you, I'm still working at the tech company. I'm still trying to make sure that my manager is, you know, feeling like I'm on my p's and q's and getting my work done for my auditions. And I, I was just still working my my normal job. And I will say that I was absolutely miserable. Mm. I was really going through it. I was still working a corporate job, trying to just. I was waiting for my big breakthrough, my big audition. Like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I can't let go of this job because I need the security. And then came Mm -hmm. one of my biggest no's. It was July of 2022. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I got let go. Mm -hmm. I got let go in one of the huge tech layoffs that was happening last year. Yeah. and That was just last year? It was last year. Wow. You've yeah, was- literally
0: done so much since then. Like it feels like you've been just doing this for years.
1: It's been exactly yeah. 1 year basically that I've been wow. full time. So what happened was July of 2022, July 15th. <laughs> <laughs> I end up getting a f- I I I end up logging into work like it's going to be a normal day, complete mayhem. I'm getting calls, texts, people freaking out and then my big boss calls me, mm-hmm. tells me that I've been let go. Mm. I shed a few tears. And I'm talking to my coworkers and there's probably like, I would say three or four hours that I'm like, what am I going to do? What's going to happen? Yeah. And then all of a sudden I feel this overwhelming level of peace and I'm like, you know what? It's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I know that it's going to be okay. I don't know why. I'm just delusional enough to know that it's going to be okay. (laughs) I love it. I know it's going to be okay (laughs) because I was like, something's going, something good is going to happen. And within that same timeframe, frame. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Leading up to this point, I was like going to the gym very consistently. I was posting. I started, you know, I started doing my little influencing thing, like Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out. Uh, Just posting my regular gym photos and gym content and just, like, my accountability. Like, I made it. Did you Mm -hmm. make it too? I'm always like, no, I didn't. (laughs) Kenny's like, (laughs) no, it's a rest day. (laughs) Do
0: we always post, like, little polls or whatever? (laughs) And she's like, I made it. I'm here. I did not make it. And I'm always like, I did not make it today. But that's a best
1: friend because that's engagement, babe. (laughs) That is my engagement. (laughs) And I love you for it. (laughs) But I I started to post these things. And then a brand that I have loved. for years reached out to me Mm -hmm. and they were like hey we're shooting a new campaign end of July yeah do you want to shoot it with us it's going to be in New York Mm -hmm. and I I had agreed to it basically that same week that I got let go Mm -hmm. so I said okay I got let go we're going to New York baby.'" yeah (laughs) <laughs> and then I went to New York and it was such a pivotal trip for me. I felt so free. I didn't, I wasn't, this was the first time in years that I wasn't like breaking my back working and just overwhelmed at that level of mental stress. Yeah. And then I got to do basically my first big modeling opportunity. hmm and it was so cool because I was meeting women that I low key was fangirling over for a long time. <laughs> I, I don't know if I, I, I'll say the brand cause I love them. Illis, yeah. like a huge shout out to Illis. Um, because not only do they represent women that look like me, but they gave me my first opportunity to be a curvy woman in the fitness space mm. to model. And it was such a special, special moment. Yeah. And I was, I just felt so valued and appreciated and then when I was able to post those pictures, my followers <laughs> again lost their minds, and I was like, "There's really something here. Yeah, there's something special here, and I, I I'm starting to feel like I'm building a community. Yeah." So it was that, that moment when I was able to post that in end of August. So I came back from New York, it was my birthday and I was just like, okay, kind of floating, like what's going to happen. But I remember posting those photos and being like, okay, Mm -hmm. something's, something's going to give. Yeah. And I would say that I kind of took some time off, like to just figure out what's going to happen and like doing random auditions here and there. And in November. November of 2022 was when I really like started to put the pedal to the metal mm-hmm. and I was moving. I, I started working with several new brands. Mm-hmm. One of my biggest being Adore me. I yeah. feel like I have to mention them because they have been completely life changing. They reached out to me and I did my very first campaign with them and I was like, am I going to really post in my undies online. <laughs> I was told my entire life to not post in my undies online. <laughs> like, don't, don't, put, don't put those photos out there. And I said, you know, my mom's behind the, behind the camera like, you've got this. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing great. And yeah. it turned out to be one of the biggest blessings that could have happened to me. That yeah. that fearlessness that so I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm confident enough to show up for myself in this way that yeah. I, I believe others can do the same.
0: hmm So. Yeah. And that's one of the things where it's, like, you really took up space. And, like, you did it in a loud but graceful way. Oh. And you really are paving the path. And, like, I feel like you're opening doors. Even just sharing your story today, I think there's a lot more people who have gone through what you've experienced than have been open about it.
1: It's – thank you. Thank you. It's – it's it's really tricky because I, I want to represent anybody that feels represented by me. Mm-hmm. I – I'm not, you know, I'm teetering. I'm not necessarily plus size, but I'm not necessarily mid-size. And I teeter a small line and I'm, I'm not small. And I will be perceived by whoever, however, yeah, you know, like pe- people are going to take me in differently and that's okay. But at the end of the day, like what's so important to me is for people to just mm-hmm. feel beautiful just the way they are in that moment. And sometimes yeah. we can't always pick body positivity And we have to pick body neutrality and just accepting and being thankful for the fact that we woke up that day. Mm -hmm. And I think that on my days that it's not, you know, always rainbows and and sunshine Mm -hmm. being able to be like, you know what? I'm alive. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm thankful that I'm walking and we're just going to keep pushing. And then the next day I'll, I'll, I'm like, (laughs) I'm the baddie. I'm, I'm the baddest in the room. (laughs) (laughs) And we, we have these highs and these lows, but like, I, I'm just so thankful that I really feel like I've built a community. And like, when I receive DMs from girls being like, you know, thank you for representing me or thank you for pushing me to go to the gym today, or Mm -hmm. thank you for just posting and being you, mm-hmm. it, it it makes me so emotional because it's like, again, all I've ever wanted to do in this lifetime is represent. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: And I really like how – even on your Instagram, like you are honest when you have hard days. And I think being able to show kind of both sides of the days where we're feeling like the baddie, right? And also the days when we're kind of feeling like the saddie.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I'm definitely a baddie, but it can also be a saddie. Yeah. <laughs> I am a little sensitive, really. But it's, it's so important because mm-hmm. I think people think body positivity is – rainbows and sunshine all the time and that we're promoting obesity and i get a crazy comment oh. i get crazy comments mm-hmm. you're promoting obesity <laughs> like
0: whatever this is
1: fat positivity is not good la, 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 la. Like, yeah. i'm like, <laughs> Shut the I'm like fuck when up. was the last time you went to the gym because <laughs> yeah. i just hip thrusted 300 pounds today bud <laughs> and i don't know why it's always men coming for me but yeah. i'm like i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but it, it yeah. is – vulnerability is is key, and I think that people are afraid to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. but as an actor, like, mm-hmm. my, vulnerabil- my vulnerability and my heart, I know, is one of the things that have gotten me this far. It's your superpower. And my acting teacher tells me all the time. Really? <laughs> my I, I know the empathy, and the empathy that and, – and I think that my circle – but my close, my close people, you all know who you are, <laughs> but like your level of empathy, it, your level of empathy is what makes me feel so powerful. And My support group, just mm-hmm. everybody makes me feel like I'm able to be this vulnerable. Yeah. Because I feel safe. Mm-hmm. I feel safe and I feel loved and supported that when I get a mean comment. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah.
0: And I also... I think it's really interesting your relationship with the gym and working out, too, because even though, like, that was a really hard time in your life, the pageants is what Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, and how you kind of had to pivot from that and – kind of regroup mentally, I think you are still paving the way for other people who are like you to be able to do that. And now having healed more and and done more introspection, now being on this modeling journey too and being able to be vulnerable about your struggles too is just the transformation of the path you're creating. Like it it started out really great and it's and it's evolving into something like even greater.
1: Thank thank you for saying that because fitness is it's a journey Mm -hmm. and I think fitness is quite literally a lifestyle and for me it's been a core part of my mental health like I started going to the gym with my dad when I was 13 because my dad is a huge gym bro not because my dad felt like I needed to lose weight not because he wanted me to do something different with my body he just wanted to teach me how to lift Mm -hmm. and it was a really sweet like bonding experience for us but then it evolved just like all things do and my fitness journey has had its highs and its lows and I think that like people see the gym or see fitness and they're like ah like either that's not for me or like it's it's something that I don't want to be a part of like if you allow it to be, it can improve your life. It can improve your mental health. It can make you feel better. Yeah. And at this, at this point, it, it feels like it's like a fashion show. Like yeah. my <laughs> outfits are always, you know, I'm having a lot of fun with that. But like, right. it, it, thank you for saying that because mm-hmm. fitness really is something that's for everybody and mm-hmm. for whoever wants to go, for whoever wants to show up. And I think the gym, even to this day, is a very tough industry. It's a tough industry for me to say that I'm a part of. It's it I even get looks when I say that I'm a gym rat
0: mm-hmm. because
1: people are like, uh, are you? I'm sure? like, have you seen her
0: quads? Because
1: thank you. <laughs> the That's quads are quadding. The, quad quadding. the quads are the glutes are gluting. But like it, I'm I'm a strong girl. I'm I'm fit and my blood yeah. work <laughs> says that I'm healthy for all those people that are like, you're not healthy, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But like the gym is a space for everyone and I am so thankful that like Mm -hmm. I just started by posting some silly pictures for accountability and now you know I have a whole TikTok dedicated to me showing up and going to the gym and talking into my little mic and saying whatever I want like I have Mm -hmm. a whole gym community I have a gym family and like yeah it's become a really special place for me and I think that fitness is always going to be something that's important to me because it's a part of my mental health Mm -hmm. feeling strong makes me feel empowered and I've had the opposite transition. I am the heaviest I've ever been in my life. And I am the strongest. I have more muscle mass. I'm the healthiest that Mm -hmm. I've been in many, many years. Yeah, And I'm so proud of that. And so your weight does not correlate to your health and what you look like doesn't necessarily equate to Mm -hmm. your fitness level.
0: Yeah. And there's a so I'm going to talk about New York Fashion Week. Can you get Ooh. us there? I'm like so excited. Okay, you're so <laughs> um, cute. Let's just jump we're to so the game. Okay,
1: so, okay. <laughs> so okay. So we're like really on this influencer journey. I <laughs> lost my job. I like – okay. So I mentioned Dormy, mm-hmm. November of 2022. From there, I started working with brands. I started posting more. I really yeah. am doing the whole influencing thing. Yeah. Right? And I've done several campaigns with the dormy. And then in <laughs> August, it was so funny. It was my 30th birthday this year. So mm-hmm. just a few months ago. Yeah. My 30th birthday. And I was kind of feeling strange. I was like, ah, oh, I always want more. This is just who I am. I think it's me being a Leo. Like, <laughs> I just want more all the time. And I want to be further ahead than I am. Yeah. And I wanted to go to New York for my birthday. And in some way, I feel like this wasn't now. Mm -hmm. I told myself, nah, it's not right. We're not going to go right now. We'll go. We're going to go to New York before the end of the year. I know it. Yeah. And I had my birthday. I spent it with you. You did. Thank you. Yeah. And (laughs) I didn't do much. I kept it low key. The next week, I ended up getting an email Mm -hmm. that I was invited to not only my first influencer event, but my first New York fashion week. Yeah. With a a dormy. So cool. (laughs) I still can't get over it. I know. It was – I literally remember sitting at my computer being like, does this say I'm going to New York Fashion Week? Yeah. And I screamed at the top of my lungs. Yeah. And my mom was like, you're going! Oh, my God! (laughs) And immediately I started to scramble to figure out like, you know, just all the details and everything. And so I ended up going to New York. And I've been to New York so many times. New York has been such a pivotal part of my life. I love New York. New York.
0: <laughs> oh my God. I think we should share that really quick because we're here. But so me and me obviously, we're best friends. And whenever we go out, sometimes we have a little bit where I tell people she's from New York. And then she says,
1: I'm from New York. I'm from Brooklyn. Bushwick. The gentrification is crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's just our bit. I, we can't
1: explain it, but that's what we it do. Is what it is. I love New York. But I ended up going to New York (laughs) and it was like a whirlwind. Mm -hmm. I I landed and I was just immediately getting ready for New York Fashion Week. Yeah. And I remember getting dressed with a girl. Shout out to Cassie. She's so lovely. But Mm -hmm. I ended up getting dressed with her and having her help me put on my course that this is somebody that's been my internet friend for a few months now. Yeah. And I ended up pulling up to the venue for the show and it was such a surreal moment. Mm -hmm. I had people that. All knew who I was. Mm. I had no idea who they, they were because I haven't put you know names to faces. And they were like, yeah. "To me, to me!" Like, "Oh my gosh, it's so nice to meet you." <laughs> and I just had so many people coming up to me, and yeah. I got to meet women that I look up to. And like, as of this moment in time, I don't have that many followers. But I was meeting women who were excited to meet me with hundreds of thousands of followers, mm-hmm. millions of followers, mm-hmm. and it was so surreal. But it's I say that to say. That like I was also so proud of myself in that moment because yeah. I've built genuine connections. I have built the community that I do have and like I've worked really hard to yeah. to be proud of the creations that I've made thus far. So at New York Fashion Week, I'm there and I'm just feeling so much love from the Adormi team and just everybody that's involved, all the influencers. Yeah. Very surreal. Like,
0: it was like all of the no's kind of made sense in that moment. Like you're finally on the path that you're supposed to be on kind of thing.
1: I'm I'm in a room holding a glass of champagne <laughs> looking out over <laughs> the balcony at this runway. Mm-hmm. Being like literally a year ago I lost my corporate job. I didn't know what I was going to do. I, yeah. I had one brand under my belt and I barely started with my agency. And here I am like in New York.
0: Yeah.
1: At my first New York Fashion Week and I just feel so loved and appreciated and just – I I was just so blessed. I was feeling yeah. so blessed. I watched the show. It was so magical and then ended up having one moment that I do want to share. Mm-hmm. Um Iskra is the model that opened up the show. And she's a model that I met in 2019. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to her at a women's conference 2019, so several years ago. And we just had such a beautiful conversation. I told her, I want to curve model. I just don't know how. I want to do it. She, she told me, you're going to do it. You're going to make it happen one way or another. I just know it. We talked for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, I go to the after party. <laughs> I'm like, I had a shot of tequila, but no, no, the drinks weren't flowing just yet. I feel like that's important to mention. But I'm walking through this rooftop club, mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous, surrounded by so many people I look up to. Yeah. And then I see Iskra and she's sitting at a table and I walk up to her table. I'm just going to be like, hi, I met you in 2019. <laughs> this woman, she looks at me and goes, oh. <gasps> oh my god. (laughs) And she stands up basically like almost crawls over the table. (laughs) And she goes, honey, I'm so sorry. I can't remember your name, but we met in 2019 and you're here right now. Wow. She said, you started modeling. I have chills. And I said, I did it. I'm doing it. (laughs) I start to sob because she was just so proud of me. Yeah, (laughs) And it was just like, it was one of those moments that I was in such a low place at that time. I was so lost. I was so confused. And I met somebody who I looked up to so much. Mm-hmm. And the impact I made on her mm-hmm. is what she told me was mm. was so powerful. And it doesn't matter where you are in your journey as long as you are still remaining true to yourself like you don't know who you're going to impact yeah and so that was just such an incredible moment for her to be so proud of me. Iskra has five million followers on Instagram (laughs) Iskra has been in so many major campaigns yeah she's just as beautiful and incredible as as you might think she is Mm -hmm. but like even one of your role models might be looking up to you. And I, and that was one of those moments that blew my mind. Yeah. And so then we had a, you know, a, a blast, and the rest of the weekend in New yeah. York was absolutely crazy. But like yeah. that New York fashion, I can't believe I went to my first New York Fashion week. I was week. so excited. I was like, oh my
0: friend's going to New York Fashion Week, no big deal.
1: And I'm gearing up for Actually, like, big deal. Big fucking deal. And now I'm gearing up for my next. Yes.
0: <laughs> so I think your story is. So just to kind of recap here, like all of the no's, you found a way to be stronger because of them. And even in this moment where you got let go from your job and it felt like in the moment, probably like a way that the world was ending. You're like, oh, shit. Like that was a really pivotal moment for you, for your modeling and all of the opportunities that came after that.
1: Every time. Every time I have like told myself no, like I start – I think that a way that we can tell ourselves no is with self-doubt yeah, and mm-hmm. like, you know, self-pity and wallowing and being like, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to figure this out? Every single time I have a moment like that and maybe I'm delusional, maybe I have relentless faith. I, I truly, you know, I'm very spiritual and like I know that I have not gone through everything in this lifetime that I have gone through mm-hmm. and made it to this point without – being something larger than myself like in having faith that every single no Mm -hmm. is going to work out one way or another like I think my relentless faith truly has brought me to this moment and like every single time I'm sitting there I'm like I'm not doing enough I'm not working hard enough an email will pop up for Mm -hmm. a collaboration or I'll get an audition and there's little signs around us that are telling us yes yes you can do this Mm -hmm. so I just have to keep going one way or another
0: and here's the big question. Looking back, are you thankful for all of the no's?
1: I'm thankful for every single no that has happened. Mm-hmm. I think that they've made me stronger. They've made me wiser. And they've taught me so much about myself and how loved and supported I am and how much of a community I do have around me. And I think that those are things that are irreplaceable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah so last question what advice would you give to someone who's struggling to like break free of a particular mold and really come out in their own mm. path
1: okay so the first thing I need you to do mm-hmm. is to not be so hard on yourself I know that's easier said than done mm-hmm. but I need you to pick neutrality if that's the that's the first thing we're gonna do if we can't think that we're the baddest in the room yeah we need to just at least know that we're living <laughs> we need to be like baseline i'm gonna i'm showing up okay and i'm gonna show up for myself no matter how that looks like that you was cre-
0: me the other day <laughs> When I went to that that holiday party and I was I called Demi, I left her voice note and I was like, I'm going to this event. I've just been sick for a week, but I'm still going. Like, I'm not wearing any makeup. And I was like, I know we're we're always pretty without makeup, but I look fucking sick and I'm just going anyways. And I get there and it was like a really big deal kind of party. And I remember like immediately going right to the bathroom, like putting makeup on my cheeks to, like, try and look more alive, and I ran into that girl who was the girl dinner girl, Girl which is, (laughs) and girl dinner is, like, you know, whatever you can scravage together, for those who don't know, and I remember, like, so random. Like I, and I had a picture of a girl dinner in my phone that I actually showed her. I told you that, right? Yes.
1: Yes. You just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know who you're going to meet. And Mm -hmm. like, because you showed up for yourself, you said, I'm going to do this anyways. Yeah. I I feel atrocious. I feel ugly, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to show up for myself anyways. And that's what's important because you never know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to come from it. So I think that if somebody's trying to, if there's an industry or something that they want to do, or if they just want to exist in a higher level of themselves, Mm -hmm. you just need to show up for yourself bare minimum at first and slowly the positive things that you do for yourself and the way that you start speaking to yourself and start to pour love and kindness into yourself Mm -hmm. it's going to reflect outwardly and you're going to be able to see things come to fruition you're going to get those opportunities doors are going to open but you have to love on yourself first and you have to know how wonderful and powerful you are
0: yeah Aw, Demi. This has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us and your struggles and how you overcame everything. And I'm just so glad that we were able to do this today.
1: Kenya, I am, without crying, I'm gonna try <laughs> my hardest. I'm so, so proud of you. And I think that you holding this space, I remember when this really came to fruition, mm-hmm. I was just in awe. because this is everything that I believe like I genuinely think that life gives us trials and tribulations Mm -hmm. and we get so many no's thrown in our faces but it's about perseverance and you are somebody that is such a beautiful example of that. Aww. And I am just so proud of everything that you've done Thank up until this point you. and <laughs> the space that you're holding for all of us and yeah. with every episode. So I'm so proud of you.
0: Thank you. And before we log off, do you want to tell people where they can find you, what you got going on, all that kind of stuff? <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So my my Instagram is queen to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, fun fact that came out of the pageant yeah. days, my friends would call me Queen Demi. And guess what? I've had many <laughs> I've had many Demi Lovato fan accounts try to bite off me. So it's sticking for the rest of my life. That's funny. Um, And then TikTok, uh, Demi underscore Mundo. And if you want any gym content, just want to hee hee ha ha with me, <laughs> find me there. Awesome. Thanks so much for being
0: here. Thank you. Follow and subscribe to the Thank You For Saying No podcast and you'll get every episode as soon as it's released.